Welcome in to your game day edition of Browns and Vikings. This is the OBR film breakdown and all eyes on Cleveland crossover. We started it last week. Hell, Brad and I might keep this up. You know, we might keep it up throughout the end of the year. We got nothing better to do on Saturday nights. Brad, what's happening? Uh, not much. Just excited to be back. Uh, you know, game Saturday nights are like, you know, it's like Christmas, Christmas Eve every Saturday night. <laughs> I just get so excited, Jake. I do too, man. You get some good college football games. You can just relax, not care too much. Because when you wake up, you know, everything's just like a speeded, sped, speeded, sped up version of uh, of your day until one o'clock. And then the game hits and then it's four o'clock. You talk about the game and then it's seven o'clock and boom, Sunday's over. So you try to yeah. appreciate those Saturday nights a little bit. Let's talk about this thing, though, Brad. They're two and one. They're coming into a very important game because I think it's a very important game because they play three very good football teams as it sits currently three pretty dang good football teams by going to LA hosting Arizona, then Denver on prime time. So getting this one would be wildly important and to get it, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging. Not only is the environment going to be hostile, you know, normally I'd give you the weather, but they're in uh, us bank stadium up there where it's perfect 70 degrees inside in the air conditioning. It'll be really nice and comfy inside for everybody. Um, but this is big. I, I want your initial thought, like where you're at on this game, whether you feel good about it, you're nervous about it. Like, I don't know. Where's your stomach sort of sitting, Brad, as, as we head into this one? I'm rather nervous about it, to be honest, Jake. I, I think that this Vikings team is obviously much better than their record says. Um, kind of some fluky stuff. They should have beat the, you know, they should have beat the uh, um, Cardinals. For sure, the Cardinals obviously, and the Bengals too. They missed a kick to, or fumble. Beat the Bengals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the Browns, and you're right, absolutely right. The Browns. When we looked at the Browns' schedule to start the season, there's no way we could have predicted that the, it got this tough this fast. I mean, these next four games are uh, going to be a real test for the Browns. I mean, serious test. And it starts with this one. I think this Vikings team is very good. Uh, their offense is very is especially good. Uh, it's going to be a real test for this Browns defense, who against good offenses up to this point has struggled and even against a mediocre offense in the Texans struggle. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous though. I, I think, you know, there's so many underlying layers to this game because of the familiarity and the similarities and the knowing each other. It's like you could take so many different approaches to how you want to attack this game. If you are a coach and I'm not sure which one they're going to do Jake. Yeah, like as I sit here, I think I've I've kind of said it. I've come to this conclusion over the last few days. It's hard to see one of these two teams like really out coaching the other this early in the season because it's not really like a kitchen sink game for either team. So I don't know that there'll necessarily be any out coaching. Uh, there's going to be just a ton of guys who have a great feel for both sides of the football, you know, because I think they're pretty similar defensively and I think they're obviously hyper similar offensively. So it's going to come down, in my opinion, to the to the things that well-coached games come down to, turnovers and who makes big plays when they count, right? Those winning plays we talk about all the time, going up and catching a football over top of somebody or making a guy miss in the hole and creating a 10, 15, 20-yard run. Like, to me, that's what will happen. It's two high-powered offenses. The Browns lead the league in rushing, uh, just about every rushing metric you can find. The Vikings are fourth in yards per game. Uh, Kirk Cousins – just a shade under a grand. He's got eight touchdowns, no interceptions, really has not made all too many mistakes. Now, granted, he gets some guys pretty wide open in this offense because Thielen and Justin Jefferson make people struggle to cover him. But 
uh, we're just gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to see. This is the best test, right? This is I mean, Kansas City's pretty dang good. Uh, but as you as you look at these last three games, this game's a true test for where they are defensively and and where they are offensively as they work Odell back into who they're going to be. Uh, and 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 really, this is a lot of who they are. They're they're missing Jarvis, but uh, the offense doesn't change too much without Jarvis. I think you kind of just fill his role with a couple different bodies. So it's a great great test. If you look at the betting stuff, Brad. It's, it varies, but most places have it at 51. You could probably get it at 51 and a half for the over-under. Mm-hmm. Um, you money line it, you're going to probably get Browns minus 130. That means if you if you money line it, you can get 130 back if you bet 100. Uh, the spread, Cleveland's giving two and a half points. Some places have them giving two. So, you know, that's a belief that the Browns are better because typically the home team now with full stadiums packed get two or three points every time granted, you know, so this yeah. means that they think Cleveland is maybe a six point favorite, right? Something like that. They're really in a, in a neutral field. That's the kind of thing they would be. So that to me tells, tells me they think the Browns are better. I personally think the Browns personnel is a little better in this scenario, but again, into inside us bank stadium where it is, is notably loud. It is one of the more loud environments. It's going to be, you know, and a KC was a great one, obviously, because KC Arrowhead is the louder outdoor stadiums in the NFL. But uh, this will challenge, and, and it's going to be paramount. We'll, we'll talk about three keys uh, here in just a minute, but it's going to be paramount to battle that that the crowd noise and stay out of certain situations. A couple other quick updates. We know Greg Newsom's out. We know Chris Hubbard is out. It is, it is rumored that Jed Wills... Uh, ROBR's Brad Stanbrook said he's going to give it a go. Uh, he's going to give it a go unless something happens in pregame. He's going to give it a full go. J.C. Treader will obviously play. For the Vikings, it's questionable for Dalvin Cook and Anthony Barr, but it, it seems like they're going to play. Michael Pierce is still questionable. Chris Boyd is still questionable. And Amir Smith-Marset is out. So both teams relatively healthy. I mean, losing Greg Newsom hurts. But I think if you look across the league, Brad, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I mean, Greedy Williams is not perfect as a football player, but he's one of the better outside corners you can have step in, right? Like as far as pure skill standpoint, uh, we'll see if it turns into him playing well. But, you know, from the talent perspective, it's not a bad guy to have come plug and play as an outside corner as your third guy, right? No, their depth is much improved this year, obviously, with you go with Greedy. And even A.J. Green has been an upgrade compared to last year, I think, at where he's at in his career. Um, My concern is just... He hasn't really been tested yet, Jake, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, very limited time, you know, they seem to like what they've seen so far. I think you went in with like 11 and some change in the fourth, uh, last game. You looked okay for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. but this will be the first time that he really tests that injury out. You know what I mean? Uh, he's gonna have to come up and play the run. He's gonna have to come up and make tackles. I mean, that's going to be a huge part of this game as I circled about 500 times, is the Browns are going to have to tackle really well, Jake. I mean, uh, this short passing game, it just, that's so much yak, right? So much yak with this team. It, they've got to tackle well. And they got to tackle these running backs. I mean, Dalvin Cook's pretty good. We all know that. Dalvin's in the, the Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb category, I think, league-wide perspective. And, and Alexander Madison is really the Kareem Hunt to his Nick Chubb. Like, those two are pretty good. Seriously. And, and you're going to have to tackle them, not just – in the middle of the football field, but they're going to to dare you to come in inside and make corners tackle one on one. They'll put situations and you know schemes called duo and outside zone and things where they'll say, "Hey, make your corners tackle right here, make them tackle in the hole." So we'll see if that comes to fruition. And that's like again, that's what swings a game. That's what makes it 
that's what makes uh makes or breaks games if you can you can hold someone like Dalvin Cook to 40 yards or he gets loose for 90 yards that's something that swings things because if you can let Minnesota just like Cleveland you let Minnesota really start mirroring their play action with their run game it becomes a brutal cover becomes a very brutal cover so go ahead Brad I wanted to ask you this do you think, real quickly, do you think that the Browns are hand, handling Jed Wills properly? It's a great question. I, I thought I thought personally if Chris Hubbard was more ready to play, if he didn't get hurt week one, there may have been a more patient approach with Jed. But, I mean, he's not moving well. He's not moving well. He's, he's, I mean, shout out to him. He's, he's, he's toughing up, right? He's toughening out you know he's 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 what do they call it? gutting it right he's gutting it he's getting it done he's showing up he's playing but he's not himself i i would imagine they're probably meeting and communicating and he's saying he's good and the doctors are saying he's relatively good enough to play and it's like well they can't hold him out right i don't i mean they could it's just like you can't play blake hans he's he's not good He's not okay. good as a, as a tackle. And okay, that was my question: is is like at this point, could you put hands in and just be like, take a week off, and they'd be better off in the long term for it? I mean, there's there's a good discussion to whether they'd be better off in the long term for it. The question is, does one week make a real difference? And I think that with ankles, that you need to just keep moving it. I think there's a chance that they would probably say no, one week doesn't. But if you could start Chris Hubbard for three games. Yeah, it probably does. But the Hubbard injury changed everything. Yeah. And then you're forced to play Hans, who was abused last week. And look, I think Hans is an, a, a good story. I didn't even think he was going to make the roster. He made the roster. And it's just been ugly when he's played at tackle because he's not a tackle. He's, he's a guard, a if anything. Yeah. I would rather have Michael Dunn, but Michael Dunn is also hurt. So they're in a weird pickle in that thing. So if Chris Hubbard comes back and he's able to play, then you might see Jed step aside for a week or two. But I think Jed's like, I'm not putting Baker out there with him. I'm not putting him out there with Blake Hans unless I just can't play. And a couple snaps last week, he couldn't play. But, like, it's an absolute liability. Not that Jed is playing well, but it's like I can't do it to my quarterback. So he's trying to tough it out, in my opinion. So Yeah, there's no question he's trying to tough it out. And there's, you know, in my interview, I interviewed Nate Ulrich, and he made an interesting comment about this, about this offensive line, that there's a culture of playing through injuries on this offensive line, like going back to Joe Thomas, who never missed a down, who his really good friends, Treader and Batonio, play hurt every week, and that now you're going to see that from Wills, too, because that's just the culture of this offensive line. They're going to play no matter what. It's a great point. It's an absolutely great point. Treader never misses a game. I watched Treader walk out of the bowels of First Energy Stadium when I was covering it in 18 with an ankle the size of a golf ball sticking out of it, and he was just iced up walking out like he's the tough sob and joe's a tough guy and joel's a tough guy and yeah you don't want to be the dude missing games when you could go so if it does get worse and listen this game could get worse i mean you're dealing with daniel hunter who plays both sides equally he'll rotate both sides and they'll be in in moments where they're in silent count a lot of the game they'll be in silent count and that gives dn's a, a split second better reaction right so it's going to be a super tough challenge. I mean, listen, last week, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are nothing to scoff at. There's no doubt about that. Those guys can play. And I don't think Daniel Hunter's more skilled than, than Khalil Mack. But, I mean, Hunter can play. He can flat out play. He's an athletic specimen. And he's going to give them fits either guy. Because Jack Conklin has not been – he's not been perfect. I mean, they're on track to give up over 50 sacks. right? I don't think it's going to get to that number. But they're, they're definitely not as competent 
pass rushing or sorry, pass protecting collectively if they have been. So it's going to be a huge swing point in the game. I forgot to mention earlier when we when we kick this thing off, it is a one o'clock CBS broadcast. Kevin Harlan, Trent Green on the call. In case you were super concerned about that sort of thing, those will be I your am. voices. Well, you know, sometimes the uh, the experience changes when you have some Adam Archuleta's out there trying to call your game. You can get people yeah. called by the wrong name. Christian Kirksey can still be a Brown. Uh, yep. All that funky stuff, Brad. So real quick, we close, man. Let's talk about. The, we'll do four things really here. We're going to do your three points, where we call three keys to victory. And then we'll talk, uh, we'll just give each other the prediction we think it finishes up. So start with your first one, and then we'll come my way. All right. My first one is the, um, you know, the short passing game is so effective for the Vikings. And one thing that we've seen Cousins susceptible to is uh, the tipped ball, right? So mm-hmm. the Browns are long at that on the front. They, I mean, if you start with uh, Malik McDowell, six seven, right there, coming up the middle, uh, Malik Jackson, and then both of your ends are are long guys. I mean, they should all week should have been, you know, balls coming out, hands up, everybody up, right? Like a tip ball can get you off the field on third down, can get you a turnover, it can change a play in the game, and he has given up quite a few, so. That would be my one thing. If he's going to get the ball out so quick that you can't get pressure on him, they've got to get long and get their hands on some balls. Good one. I like that. I will say, similarly branching off of that, uh, an important thing in this game is to continue aggressively covering, not passing off routes so much, not being passive in nature and coverage, and making Kirk Cousins come off of his first read. If he plays a football game where 90% of his first reads are open, you're going to be in trouble. Um, that's just kind of my stance on it. If you allow him to stay comfortable, you allow Clint Kubiak to stay comfortable without moving anybody off their first read. It's going to be a really, really long day and the pass rush won't get home. So, um, move the, that's my first one is moving, uh, Kirk cousins off his first read confusion, pressure, whatever you want to do to get him off that first read. It's going to be paramount in this one. What's your second one, Brad? My second one is, um, that, you know, as far as coaching goes, I personally think, that Stefanski is more willing to go off the beaten path and try something different or go uh, trick play or this or that to surprise the other team in a game where things are so similar. And we know that the Browns' offensive line is better than the Minnesota Vikings' offensive line and more multiple in their approach right it's not all the zone run you've got the gap you've got you know all the different run schemes that they will run um i think that that can be an advantage in that they will go with whatever works in the run scheme and as far as that goes and they can do that have the ability to do that and i think that stefanski will get creative uh more than maybe uh kubiak's kid will agreed i think Coming off of that, again, branching off of your point into my point, which is this is not a body blows type of game. They were through three quarters last week, only 68 rush yards on over 20 carries between Kareem and Nick. You need in this one, the way the Vikings play, and they don't defend the run very well, you have to run the football from the jump in this one. So I think establishing, putting, uh, I would say opposing your will is probably the best way to say this. Opposing your will against them early in the game making them really fear your co- your combo at running back and the variety of which schemes you use 
will only unlo- unlock Baker and, and Odell and some of those guys, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and pushing the football downfield. So, yeah, I don't think this can be a well fourth quarter. We, they ran for a hundred yards, and that you know that's an, always a fun outcome. Don't get it twisted. I love breaking that down, but it is a uh, it's a game to me where they need to be balanced and they need to be able to run the football well from the jump. If if you really wanna if you really wanna hang a thirty plus on Minnesota, that's what you got to do. What's your third? Uh, my third is uh, Greedy Williams individually. I mean, he has to hold up. He just has to hold up. He, I mean, this is his opportunity. He. You know, we've heard and read a couple stories about what a good team player he was. You know, he gave up this spot to the rookie Newsom, came in and beat him out. And he really was hurt a lot of that time period, too. But he lost his spot to him, and he was nothing but positive. Great team player, went to special teams coach, pre-first said, I know I got to find my way, put me out on the field. How can I help bide my time? Because he knows in the NFL he's going to get an opportunity. Here's his opportunity. This is it. This is his chance, and he's got to show up and play like, uh, second round pick and he's got to do that for the Browns I mean this is this is part of the adding that defensive depth was drafting Newsom. one of these guys was going to be a backup and this is this is it's got to pay dividends here it's a great point it's a great point and it is uh, all the way around it's got to play well this is why you bat this is why you went out and got more coverage players you know somebody couldn't be on the field the whole time but you knew Denzel even if Greedy got it initially somebody was going to get hurt so yeah, he's got to play well. It's a lot of cover three there. They'll ask him to play maybe seven to ten cover cover one snaps, get up and play man-to-man. It's probably best to put him on Thielen and put Denzel on uh, Justin Jefferson. And really, Denzel needs to play well, too. I mean, he has not played Absolutely. well so far, so yeah. he needs to play well. Um, my last point will be third down management. In the first half Sunday, they were – they were uh, on third and eight plus five times. Can't happen. Can't happen in this game. They cannot put themselves in third and longs and think they're going to win this game by 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 de facto of your offense being the reason, right? Like I don't. You can win this game if your defense plays really well and your offense maybe puts up twenty points. But if you want to win this game 35-31, it's it's you're going to have to hit a couple huge chunk plays and you're going to have to stay out of those third and longs because I'm telling you, man, it's it's like any raucous environment. Your your DNs are going to be. Uh, they're going to be upfield quick, and it's going to be a problem for Cleveland's offense, and they better find ways to combat that, and they better find ways to keep out in front of the stick. So it's huge to me. Like five third and longs for the entire game is probably the number that you want to see because if they do that, you maybe punt two or three times, and you uh, you, you know you save face on a lot of those crippling sacks or or turnovers that can come from those types of scenarios, right? Where, where your quarterback's forced to step up and throw against pressure. He steps up into someone's lap, all, all the above. So those are our keys to victory. Brad, hit me with your uh, prediction for the outcome tomorrow. We'll close this thing up. Browns 31, 30. Tight one. I like it. That's, that's kind of the number everyone seems to be settling at. I, in my OBR prediction article went counter against it. I think that these two teams might have each other really, really schemed up defensively, both sides. So I think it could be a couple turnovers on both sides, some more punting than we expect. So I called it 20-17 to 17 Cleveland kicking a field goal to get out of the dome with a win. Uh, an ugly win, but nonetheless a win. So that's where I'm at. Brad Ward, you're the man, dude. Thank you for taking time. I appreciate you as always. I appreciate you, sir. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. We keep doing this on Saturday nights. I, uh, I enjoy it. Gets me ready. Gets my mind in a, in a good place for Sunday. That's right, folks. Hopefully this podcast in general has done that for you. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great, uh, well, if you're listening to this Saturday night, late Saturday night, have a safe Saturday night and have a great Sunday morning and we'll sign up with the usual. Go Browns.